Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. Everyone knows that I'm a very public advocate of therapy, and I think it's so cool. There's so many interesting modern ways to find it. For as little as $32 a week, you can pick an experienced licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with, each and every one having at least a master's degree and over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. And to get $30 off your first month and show your support for the show, use the code beautiful. That is beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. I'm always excited when I get to tell you guys about taking this show out to the people, bringing it to my hometown, New York City, as part of the Now Hear This podcast festival in September Includes great shows like How Did This Get Made, which I just saw live in San Francisco, and they put on a fantastic live show. Planet Money will be there. Criminal, on record as one of my favorite podcasts, that'll be there. Comedy, bang, bang. It's a great value. One ticket gets you access to all 25 live shows throughout the weekend. Think about that, 25 live shows. First 100 people to use our offer code BEAUTIFUL at checkout, you save 20 bucks. Now hear this is September 8th through 10th in New York City. Come see great podcasts, meet the hosts, make some new friends. Go to nowhearthisfest.com to get your tickets. That's nowhearthisfest.com. Enter the offer code BEAUTIFUL at checkout to save 20 bucks. I will see you there. I can't wait to have some heartfelt conversations and uncomfortable hugs. Hello, everybody. It's Bigfoot. Let's get him. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Happy to bring you another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Super psyched with last week's episode. Our Australian friend, my the Baltimore Live Show, the Australian guy. I can say this: one of the most universally beloved episodes. If you uh, skipped last week, I think you're not going to want to the Facebook group, which is up to almost seventeen thousand people, which is nuts. Thank you guys all for joining and making that a cool community. Thanks to the mods for making it so positive over there. Everybody was flipping out. Liked the Australian episode. Liked that guy. Thought he was quite charming. Wished that we could be friends, and I do too. Thank you for. Listen to that episode, and remember, if you want more of our live episodes, they're all up at Stitcher Premium. If you want to sign up for that, use the code BATOR, and it's like four bucks for a year. That is true. People are finding out a promo. Here's here's a funny thing. People from other podcasts are finding out about our promo code. They're using our promo code, BATOR, to get the Stitcher Premium deal. That annual, you get a year for $4. $4, that's nuts. Very cool. Check it out. Thanks to everybody who's watching the Chris Gethard Show, my TV show. It debuted on True TV this last Thursday. It's up on demand. We got another live episode coming up this week with John Mulaney, comedy nerd favorite. I'll stop with the plugs now. We got a good episode. First half of the episode, a lot of talk about homeschooling, topic I was not so familiar with. Happy to learn about it then. But I'm excited to see the reaction. I'm also nervous. So one thing in the past in my life, you'll hear me talk about it. I worked at a great, great magazine called Weird New Jersey Magazine. Uh, the guys who run it, still very great friends of mine. Mark Moran from Weird New Jersey was a, a, really a mentor of mine and for a stretch of my life, kind of like a second dad to me in a lot of ways. Great, great era of my life. And it just so happened this caller knew some things about the world where his knowledge and my knowledge really overlapped and I had a lot of fun with it. I will say, towards the end, some things start to come out that people are going to find. <laughs> Is infuriating the right word? 
Might be infuriating might be a good word, right? Jared Jared's nodding his head. Some people are gonna be upset. I was a little upset. Um, because you know, one thing that happens, you start talking about stuff, uh paranormal stuff, stuff on the fringe. And there's other fringe opinions that bleed through. Some of them do. I will ask you guys, remember, when you're out there online, remember that uh, empathy and kindness are what are at what are, that's what's at the heart of this whole project is empathy, humanity. That's what we're aiming for with this whole beautiful anonymous project. So express your frustrations, express anger if you have it, but please don't uh don't listen to our caller who's opening up and going who knows where it took him. Uh, so you'll hear what I'm talking about at the end. I'm very, very fascinated to see. How you guys are going to feel about this call, about these topics, about the ones in the beginning, the fun ones, the ones at the end, the hard ones. I'll stop talking. Enjoy the episode. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Guest? Yeah. What's up? What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Well, you're certainly quite comfortable. Chilling. Yes, I am, man. I'm ready to go. You confident, confident fella. Dude, I'm stoked about this. This is awesome. I'm talking to Geth right now. All right. I feel really good. This makes me feel good. Thank you for that. You're welcome, man. You know what? You you make me feel good. So then I can make you feel good, and we're just having a good time. (laughs) I guess that is how that works. (laughs) So let me start off. uh, how, How was your 4th of July? Fourth of July, pretty good. Went to a barbecue with some of my wife's friends. And then I went to a rooftop to watch the fireworks. Some more of my wife's friends. Nice. Had a really great view. The Very East, nice. East River. It was nice. How about yours? Oh, man, it was fantastic. I uh, spent some time with uh, my brother and his fiance and my girlfriend. And um, I actually turned 30 on Saturday. So it's been kind of like a long birthday celebration. Hey, congrats. So, thanks, man. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for for the next journey in my life. I'm very stoked about turning 30. Yeah, um, that's good to I think hear. it's going to be a really cool stepping stone to all the things that I've figured out in my 20s. Yeah, a lot of people stress out about turning 30. It gets in your head. But I'll tell you, my 30s have ruled so hard. My 20s. Hot garbage compared to my thirties. Thirties, thirties are where it's at. There's just so much learning. Yeah, there's just so much learning that you have to do in regards to yourself and you know what you want to do and uh, who you want to invite into your life and who actually stays. And uh, I've been very blessed to be able to kind of figure out a majority of all of those things, even some of them last second before turning thirty and. I'm just really, really excited to see what what God has in store for me and uh, to see what happens in this next decade, because the next big one's 40, but we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit there. Yeah, I'm close. 37. Can't quite tell you what 40's like, but I tell you, every year that passes, (laughs) I I mean, I feel older. My knees are creakier, and uh, I I understand less and less of youth culture with each passing year, but as as a guy living a life... Man, my 30s are just smoking my 20s. And don't even get me started on my teens. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. I hear you there. Um, well, let's uh let's jump right into this, shall we? Yeah. I got uh I think I got some interesting things for you today. I'm all ears. 
So uh, I'll start off with I was homeschooled for eight years, uh-huh. and I don't fit the mold of what one would assume a homeschooled kid would be. And what? How would you define that mold? What are What are the stereotypes you run into that people expect from you? So when I tell someone that I was homeschooled, generally what I get is, "There's no way. That's impossible because you're a socially active extrovert. You have a personality. Um, you dress normal. I get that a lot. Um, you have a personality." And that's not taken away from anybody that is a homeschooled person and is that by no means am I judging that I just, the the surprise factor that I get every single time. And I'm I'm not kidding when I say every single time, it's probably about 99% of the time people are just shocked when I say that I'm homeschooled um, as well as my brother. And, uh, just because like we're, we're not, we're not a recluse. We're not hanging out in a corner. Um, I'm not always wearing a button up shirt. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, my eight years in homeschooling was so awesome. And I mean, I went, I went open enrolled and actually went through high school as a, as a public schooler. Um, and so I was homeschooled up and through eighth grade. And then I actually retook eighth grade for some weird reason. I was given the opportunity to either do eighth grade again or jump straight into high school as a freshman. And I decided that I'd go ahead and prolong my education (laughs) by one year. (laughs) And so I've never been able to look back on that and understand why, because I actually knew more kids in the freshman class that I could have gone into than I knew in the eighth grade class. So I'm not really quite sure what my decision process was there. Um, but it allowed for me to be one of the older kids in my class, which is always kind of cool when you're, you're going through high school, being one of the older ones. Um, but you know, it's, it's a night and day difference between being homeschooled and going to public school. And, uh, I was raised in a Christian home and uh, not to say that I wasn't given opportunities to be socially active and, you know, be involved in my community. And I grew up in a really small town and, you know, I knew everybody, they knew me, um, but I was always known as a homeschooled kid. And uh, that brought forth a kind of a stigma of where, the town kind of turned our back or turned their back on, on my family. Um, cause my brother and I both started shortly in our hometown school district. And, uh, then my parents decided to pull us out and homeschool us. And like all of my friends were like, just checking out. And I mean, we're, we're super young, but even at, at that age, like I left pre-kindergarten and went into first grade with homeschooling and lost all of my friends. And my brother left second grade and jumped into homeschooling and lost all of his friends. And by golly, if we didn't fight for relationships for those eight years in that hometown. And then when we finally opened a role into public school, 
we enrolled into a school district that's not even in our hometown. So we went to a completely different school district um, that was closer to the church that I grew up in, which is how we knew some of the kids. And then there was really a lot of backlash that, that my brother and I received from those kids because then we weren't good enough to continue the education in our hometown. And then when we did jump into public school again, we went to a rival school. So it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, but I, I definitely learned a lot more in homeschooling than I did in public school. And I granted, I learned a lot more about real life in public school and things that were like shock factor to me. Um, I learned more about sex in the first week of public schooling than I learned in eight years of homeschooling. That's the least surprising thing in the world. (laughs) Your own parents were like, okay, here's how you put a condom on in fourth grade. (laughs) I will say this too. You mentioned some of the stereotypes and I was like, I'm pretty open-minded. I'd like to think, I don't think uh, homeschool denotes anything. But when you said I didn't wear a button down shirt all the time, I was genuinely surprised. And only then did I realize that in my mind, I think most homeschool kids always wear button down shirts. I didn't even realize that was a stereotype until you said it. And I realized I had already thought that was true. Yeah, man. It's crazy. And I I don't know why that is. Um, It, it just, it's just part of it. And for me, like I love fashion and I will spend nice money on, you know, looking nice. Wow. You got and I think brands that's of probably choice? part of it. That kind of, are your brands of what's choice? That? You got brands you like? Um, brand you know, allegiance. I love clearance shopping. Mm. Um, but I, I love forever 21. Okay. Um, just because it's different. And I'm currently really into denim brand jeans. It's DNM brand. Um, also, Fear of God jeans are incredible. Uh, outside of that, like athletic brands, I'm a Nike guy straight across the board. Um, but if there's something that's that's fashionable and looks awesome that I think is super cool, and it I can get it for like two bucks, like I'm snatching that up. I don't care if it's from Walmart or, you know, some crazy expensive department store. Yeah. Like, as long as it looks good, like, I'll, I'll, I'll rock it. I'm, I'm so, a J. Crew guy myself. Um, I've been rocking J. Crew for years. And, uh, oh, all, yeah. There's all these articles. J. Crew's falling apart. All sorts of inside corporate uh, fired head designers. <laughs> I was stressed out as a J. Crew guy. Also, so much of my wardrobe is J. Crew that I've come to realize that if there's ever any, like, moral... Um, outrage against that company i have to throw away literally all of my clothes (laughs) i have no backup clothes oh man yeah i you know but you go with that man you go with it until you can't go with it anymore hey that's kind of because kind of how i live man it's becoming part of who you are now because now i'm gonna look at you as the j crew guy thank you so much thank you so much yeah like you officially established yourself as that, and that is awesome. I've, I've, here's another thing. Jake, I, I go on TV and stuff now sometimes, and sometimes clothing brands will reach out and they'll say to me, hey, they, like uh, I did an appearance on Stephen Colbert. Lucky guy, lucky life, things broke the way. It's an unidentified clothing company reaches out. We'd like to dress you for your appearance. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I only feel confident in J. Crew. J. Crew, 
See? This allegiance is not going to yeah. last forever. And I don't know how many no more kidding. television appearances I got in me where I rep your brand and I don't hear a word from you, J. Crew, before I just no start kidding. taking these other brands up on their very generous offers. Absolutely. Where's their sponsorship on Beautiful Anonymous? <laughs> Thank you so Why much. Why am I not hearing that every so so many breaks? You, yeah, you J. Want, Crew is sponsoring today's episode. J. Crew, you want to bounce back from your recent corporate struggles you, that have been written about? What you need to Ooh. do is... Uh, advertise your clothing brand, which necessitates visual confirmation of your product on an audio-based platform. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think you are onto something. Um, I mean, what a better strategy than to storm forward with a celebrity of your status. <laughs> which is to say almost known none. the J. Crew. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it, it, but, see, we'll start from the bottom and we'll work all the way to the top. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. So wait, I so believe in this. You were homeschooled eight years. Did you go? So did you, when you went yep. to high school, you went to college eventually? Like how did, what's the I long did. term? What's the long term effect on this? You're an extrovert. What are you doing now? Did being homeschooled affect it in any way? No, I mean, outside of being like really openly proud about being homeschooling or being homeschooled and like super proud of my parents for all the work that they put into it. Um, you know, it hasn't affected me outside of that, really. I I like to give credit to homeschooling for, you know, most of my learning. I learned a decent amount in high school, and I carried away enough knowledge from, from college as well. Um, but uh, I guess the main thing I could take away from homeschooling is the absolute close-knit relationship I have with my family. Um, I mean, my brother and I are, are like best friends. There's only been three years in my life that I've lived without him. And that was when he was at college. Um, I currently live with him right now and, uh, we'll live with him until he gets married in a year. Oh, so, wow. I mean, there's not a whole lot of people that can say that, like, I mean, like I said, I just turned 30 and I'm still rocking with my brother and, uh, we get along great. He's actually one of the bosses at my job. Like he, he's my boss. And so I literally see him all the time. And then I come home and I see him at home. And then when I go to church, I see him at church and like, we're still on this super awesome level of like friendship and brotherly love and just super awesome things in common. We both love filmmaking and, uh, yeah, it's just it's just awesome, and I get I get super excited anytime I get to see my parents. My parents live a few hours from where we're at, and uh, it's just it's just really awesome to be able to carry on through this life with such an awesome support system, and look back at all of the different levels that we've supported each other. I mean, my own mom was the one who taught me how to read, and that's pretty cool. And when my, when my brother and I were being little, oh, what's the best word to use? When we were, when we were in need of interaction with the quote unquote principal while being homeschooled, uh, mom just got on the phone and called dad and dad came home from work and sat down with the kids and made sure that, that things were going to continue in a much more positive manner than they were then. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, I went into college and uh, actually majored in criminal justice and criminology, but I'm not doing anything with that at all. Um, it just got to the point where I would think about my future and think about wanting a wife and kids and, and not wanting to have them have to worry about me going out and doing those kind of things. Um, and, uh, and also being honest, like I didn't want to go through the police academy. Um, and so I currently, uh, work for a medical equipment company and I deal with oxygen and hospice organizations and hospitals and care facilities and work really, really closely with the elderly and the disabled. And, uh, although it's not the perfect job, it's, it's definitely filled with fulfilling moments. And, uh, I love having the opportunity to kind of see someone's eyes light up when I bring something to them that's going to make their pain a little less or, you know, their last couple weeks of life while on hospice, a little bit more comfortable. Um, or if I can go celebrate them when they're taken off hospice. Um, and, and for those who don't know what hospice is, hospice is just an organization that takes care of people that are, are dealing with something, whether it's cancer or some sort of a disability or something that's most likely going to lead to their death. And, uh, they work with them very closely to kind of make sure that they're as comfortable as possible. Um, but, uh, so it's, it's very fulfilling at times. Yeah. Um, we I had, love to speak life into people. We, I think we had a hospice nurse call the show one time, I believe. Um, Oh, did you really? I think so. I think she was a hospice nurse and, or at the very least we talked about hospice nursing a lot and it was very, uh, that's a, that's like a very noble, that's a very noble pursuit to help people at the end of their lives get there in as painless yeah. a way as possible. That's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. That is not, so that is not easy. That that's a pressure cooker though. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, every day I, ha I mean, I have never have any clue what I'm going to be dealing with. Um, I might be dealing with excitement and celebration, or I might be going in, you know, dealing with the family who just lost their loved one that I was dealing with two days before. Um, uh, different emotions in my job. Um, but I get to travel a lot. And so it's given me time to obviously, um, just kind of take whatever emotions that I'm dealing with in regards to, you know, excuse me, losing a patient or whatever it might be, because it's incredible how quickly you can become emotionally invested in these people. Even if you're just bringing them oxygen, like you're still bringing them something that's helping and they're thanking you and they're just so grateful and you can see it in their eyes, just how much they appreciate everything you're doing for them. And then you lose them and it, it hits the old heartstrings. Yeah. I can't and, imagine. Uh, I, yeah, man. And like I served a two year old girl for two years. I'm sorry. She, she passed away when she was almost three. And I served her for two of those years exclusively. Wow. And I saw her pretty consecutively, almost every two weeks or so. And she actually passed away this past May. And uh, that was a hard one because um, I watched her of grow course, up and, yeah. uh, you know, close with her family. 
and all these things. But uh, I mean, I, I have a super awesome relationship with her family now and I still talk with them and still visit them. And so, I mean, silver lining, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to pull away really awesome relationships from that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really fulfilling. Um, wow, that's incredible. But, uh, yeah. So, but I guess I kind of got off on a tangent, um, a little bit there, but, uh, yeah, like I said, just with homeschooling, super close knit with my family and, um, you know, being close to my brother has opened a lot of different avenues for him and him and me. Um, I, like I said, we were really big into filmmaking and had been for, um, almost 20 years. We started when I was 11 and, uh, we actually started to ghost hunt. And I don't know if you have any experience with ghost hunting. You're a ghost hunter? But it's pretty gnarly. We're going to go ahead. We're going to pause the show here because guess what? Capitalism is the society that we live in. We got ads. We got sponsors, advertisers help me bring the show to you for free. Check them out. And when we get back to the phone, I'm telling you, this one goes in a million different directions. I'm excited for you to hear it. We'll be right back. Who really pays the price for free porn? You find out in The Butterfly Effect with John Ronson. It's a gripping new original audio series. It's available now from Audible. The Butterfly Effect with John Ronson reveals our deep web of desire, including everything from working as a MILF to falling in love with a sex doll. Follow along as best-selling writer John Ronson. And if you know any of, of, of John's stuff, you know how fascinating it always is. He leads you on a journey for answers in unexpected places, uncovers the surprising consequences that popped up when the world got what it wanted, free porn. Plus, hear adult stars like Casey Calvert talk about the world of custom-made porn and industry insiders tell secret stories from Pornhub and the Ashley Madison hack. Part mystery, part adventure, The Butterfly Effect with John Ronson delivers a human look into the tech industry's tangled affair with porn, lives were mangled, fortunes were made, all for your pleasure. I know we're talking about porn, but we're also talking about John Ronson, which means it's going to be smart, well-researched, looked at from all different angles. Cool thing. Listen to the stunning new audio series now at audible.com slash butterfly. That's audible.com slash butterfly. You spend a third of your life in your sheets, eight hours a night. That's what's healthy, my friends. We all know it. Now think about your sheets. They taking care of you the way they should be? Check it out, brooklinen.com. High quality sheets and bedding at a price that will not keep you up at night. Founded in April 2014, Brooklinen offers simple, beautiful home essentials without that luxury price. It's the fastest growing bedding brand in the world. That's because people love it. They got over 12,000 five-star reviews. Everybody knows the five-star, baby. That's what matters in this world. 12,000 five-star reviews, it's no joke. All sorts of colors, patterns. I tell you, I went on, picked mine out. If there was anything that was difficult, it was like, man, there's so many different good options here on the colors, the products. I had to check in with the wife. She's telling me what she wants. I'm saying, okay, here's what we got to do. It's luxury bedding. I sleep on it myself. It's not expensive. It, it is very fairly priced. You got to try it today. The pillowcases have been doing right by me. I love them. Love my Brooklyn and sheets. Try them. I know you'll love them too. Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. You get $20 off and free shipping when you use the promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. In fact, Brooklinen is so confident that you'll love your new sheets that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. There's no reason to not try this. You get $20 off and free shipping. Use promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. 
Promo code beautiful Brooklyn and best sheets ever. Thanks again to all the sponsors who make our show happen. And if there's something that appeals to you guys, use those promo codes. Really genuinely does help Beautiful Anonymous. And now let's get back to more of the phone call. You're a ghost hunter? But it's pretty gnarly. Ghost hunters, yeah. I was a ghost hunter for 12 years. That's the kind of films you're making? You're making yeah. Ghost hunting films? Yep. So, I mean, when, obviously when we were kids, we just did, like, you know, <laughs> superhero guys fighting the Nazis and comedy shows and things like that. Um, and then as we got through college, we started to find a true passion to really dive into more of a, an art, I guess you could say, and take it more seriously. And we were diving pretty deeply into the study of the paranormal and so we figured, hey, why not mend two beautiful worlds together and see what we can create? So we actually spent uh, about a year making a documentary um, about a bunch of the really popular, highly active locations around my state. And um, it, it, we premiered it in a theater, and it was Whoa. awesome. So you it went, was so awesome. You took this thing far. Because I'll tell you something yeah, about me. I don't, Mike. I don't think you know this about me. I worked for many years at a magazine all about um, local legends and haunted places in New Jersey. It's the best. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, Weird New Jersey Magazine. And, the, and then I was – you, uh, did you ever come across Weird U.S., the book Weird U.S. in your, in your research? Oh, yeah. I co-wrote, yeah, I co-wrote Weird U.S. You look, my name is right in there. And I wrote Weird New what? York. Me and you got a lot in common. Holy – Driven all oh over this country looking for uh, – Dude. Strange and haunted things, but I weird New Jersey was always about the legends. It wasn't really about the paranormal. Like we weren't out there with like thermometers and uh, and right. in, infrared cams and stuff. It was more, you know, people say this road is haunted for fifty years. Teenagers have been saying this road's haunted, and let's write that down because that's like a piece of the culture. I yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know how much you want to reveal about yourself. I bet if you tell me your state, I might even know some of the haunted places. Uh, it's Iowa. Oh, you got the Black Angel. Yes, we have the Black Angel, the infamous Black Angel. Hell yeah, dude. I'm going to tell you something. Yes. I said I would probably be it. able to name your thing in your state, and I bet everybody listening was like, come on, how can he do that? And then you said <laughs> Iowa, and I dropped the big one. I dropped the big one right into your lap right out of the gate, huh? Yeah, dude. The Black yeah. Angel. Let's now, oh, now I'm excited, man. Okay. Yeah, come Not on, bro. That I wasn't Get into excited. It. Let's do this. Because we can talk about homeschooling all you want, and we can. T- I'm also going to give you full disclosure about this. You, uh, <laughs> you, when you were talking about people passing away, I think I disconnected a little bit. We just we haven't released it yet, but we just had another call about uh, sickness and death. So I think I, I, I was feeling some weight. Ghost hunting, though. Yes, brother. So black angel. Let's cem- do this. Cemetery statue. Black angel. Walk them through. Yep. Walk them through. So. The lore is, if you go and touch the black angel, now, I, I'm not sure if there's a, a specific timeline um, connected to it. I don't think so. But if you touch it, you're supposed to die shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is, like, I, obviously I've been there. Um, I never did, like, an investigation or anything there. But... Uh, it is creepy. It's so creepy. And I was, I've never even been there at night. I just went there just <laughs> on a whim in the middle of the day with a buddy of mine. And we're looking at it. 
And I'm like, I'm going to touch that. He's like, no, dude, don't touch you it. You touched like, the I'm Black Angel? He's like, no, 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 dude, I didn't. But Good, man. It, it gets better, so just stick with Die me. On the way home. Let's just explain for anybody who so, doesn't know, though. It's a, I believe it's in a graveyard, right? It's a grave marker, but it's like a giant yes. stain. It's like a, it's Matt, like it's a huge cemetery, and then you drive through, and it, you know, I mean, I'm I'm one of those that thinks like cemeteries and graveyards are beautiful, peaceful places, yeah. and so you're driving through this just gorgeous rolling cemetery, and in the center of this sucker is this massive black angel statue. Yeah. And it's and freaky it looking. it just, like, looms over you. Yeah. And that suck. I swear, if you walk to the right, it watches you walk to the right. If you walk to the left, it watches you walk to the left. As you walk away, it's watching you walk away. Black like, angel sees inside your soul. There's something about this angel that it's is super right creepy. Soul. Um, But I didn't touch it. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Like, whether it's true or false, like, I don't care. I'm not going to be the guinea pig to test if I'm going to die. No. So nah. I let my brother know that I was there. And fast forward to two years ago, he took his girlfriend there. And I kid you not, guess his girlfriend went right up to that angel, wrapped her arms around it, and gave it a kiss. Wow. And how, how was the funeral? Right. That's what I was like. I was like, hey, man, you might as well just wish your girlfriend goodbye because she just put her life on the line. Kissing the black angel. Yeah, do you mind? That's like Kissing if you come to Jersey angel. and you touch the devil's tree. You just don't, There's yep. certain things you don't do in this world. You don't touch the you devil's tree. You just don't do it. You don't kiss the black angel. It. You don't come to Jersey and drive six times backwards around the devil's tower unless you want Satan to appear in front of your car. Right. Yeah. How's she doing? She she's, kissed it. She's fine. I assume she's oh, she's she's chilling, man. She's good. Yeah, I mean they're getting married in a year. That's she's he's so marrying her. She's invincible, or she's got some powers or something. Wow. But I still believe. Have you had any heart to heart talks have. with your brother that maybe his fiance um, is a dark agent infected by the evils of the Black Angel? You know, that is a great idea. I should probably do that. Two I know days I before the wedding. gave him a lecture about it. but should, Two days before the wedding, be like, I don't think you should do this. <laughs> and then he's like, why? You remember when she kissed the black angel? And she, he's, you're like, yeah, she tempted fate with the black angel. Also, I don't want to find a new roommate, so uh, if you could, <laughs> you could. Yeah, if you can just help me out here, come to the realization of what you're marrying, <laughs> and we'll just move on from this. That would be great. Black Angel, that's, that would just be great. I wrote a bunch of the Black Angel stories for Weird US. I was the one who wrote a bunch of those. Wow. Yeah, I researched Dude, that it years so crazy. Ago. Yeah, that was my whole life for okay. a while. So give me, give me another Iowa place. Iowa, I, I only remember the Black. Angel. I mean, I, I stopped working okay. for Weird New Jersey full time in two thousand four, and I wrote Weird New okay. York in two thousand six. So this is like ten to fifteen years of recall. I started working with them in 2000. Yeah. Yeah, almost two decades ago. Iowa, uh, Black Angel was the big one. Ohio has a ton of stuff. Ohio has, you got uh, Helltown. You got the Melon Heads. In Chicago, you got the Inez Clark grave. That's the one where it's a, it's a grave in a glass box, a little statue of a girl. And they said she was scared of rain. So if you go in there during a thunderstorm, the, block, the box is empty. The statue's gone. Jersey has Ooh. it all. Um 
uh, oh, down in Delaware, you got Devil's Road. You got the Bunny Man in Virginia. The Bunny Man's one of my favorites. The Bunny Man. Yeah, you got the lizard. That's just creepy. The Bunny Man. He escaped from an asylum and he dresses as a bunny and he attacks cars with an axe down near Falls Church, Virginia. That sounds like one I'd like to go after. You got it. I mean, you take a ride. The lizard. You got the Lizard Man in South Carolina. Um, you got everything, man. You got all yeah. the, all the abandoned mental hospitals. This fine, <laughs> this oh, fine yeah. country has to offer. Of those. So many of them. Oh so my goodness! Many. Yeah, yeah, I could, yeah. I could keep going all night long, uh, but I won't. It's your I, call. I guess one that I was surprised that you didn't mention was the Velisca Axe Murder House. Hey, talk to me about. And maybe it. you've not heard of that one. I don't know if I know this one. Velisca Axe Murder House. It's in this small town, literally surrounded by cornfields, like you would think, being in Iowa. And in the early 1900s, there were a, there was a family of six and two guests for the night that were brutally murdered by an anonymous axe or an anonymous man with an axe, and uh, it's still unsolved to this day. Wow! The house and is there. It's the house is open for overnight stays, Whoa. and it's insane. Whoa! You stayed there? Yeah. I've stayed there nine times. Nine times. You ever so, seen anything? You ever seen anything? And that's also the reason I don't. What's that? You ever seen anything in there? You ever, so yeah, let me. Just, oh my goodness! Let yeah, me ask yeah. you this right out of the gate. You and your brother uh, investigate the paranormal. Have you seen ghosts? Yes. Definitively yes. not. I think I saw something. Not maybe out of the corner of my eye, or this could have been a thing. You straight up will say, "I have seen a ghost." I have seen a ghost, yes. How many ghosts In fact, have you seen? Oh my goodness. So when like are we talking like I could see the detail of this thing or person in front of me? I'm not talking not like a shadow. No, I don't want to know. Oh, I took a photo once and there was an orb in it or there was unexplained right. uh, vapors in it. I want to know ghosts. Right. Because I've seen, working at Weird New Jersey, okay. I've seen too many pictures that were just very weird light <laughs> exposure that led to abnormalities in the picture. People go, see ghost. I go, I don't see a ghost. I see an orange dot. That's what I see. Right. I want to know when you saw a Got ghost, it. dude. When did you see a ghost? Got it. September 2001 was my very first time seeing a ghost. And it was in a small cemetery out in the middle of nowhere. I didn't even necessarily believe in ghosts the only ex- exposure i had ever had to a ghost at that time was casper yeah and so but i liked just the right sink just so the right really bounce to... sorry i had to yeah. make a casper mattress joke had to i'm sorry had to it was sitting right there i'm sorry <laughs> uh, so because we liked horror movies we like to put ourselves in situations that would get our adrenaline going or get creeped out so us and some friends just decided to go out to the cemetery late one night. And uh, being the filmmakers that my brother and I were, and we took a video camera with us everywhere. Now, we didn't get this insane ghost on camera, but we did get you know, what would be known as an anomaly at the moment that I had my experience. Um, on video, it happens, obviously, in like a split second. But for me, the entire experience felt like 30 seconds. Um, so it was pitch black outside. 
and I'm walking through the cemetery and off to my right hand side, I just see this little girl and she's running across the lawn. Now the thing about it is with it being pitch black, I shouldn't be able to see barely anything out there, let alone a full figured little girl. And the reason I could see her was because she was like glowing and she was like this bluish white color and she had Shirley Temple curls in her hair. She was wearing like a 1940s style Victorian dress and she was just running, running across the lawn. And I just like stood there and I was like, what am I seeing right now? And she, she got about halfway across the distance of the cemetery and she came to a dead stop. And her head turned, and she looked right at me. And where her eyes were, were just black holes. And so I'm staring at this little girl in the middle of the cemetery, in the middle of the night, glowing blue, with no eyes. And then she literally just, like, blows away with the wind, like smoke just came, or I'm sorry, wind just came and hit some smoke and, like, whisked it away. And... I started freaking out. I was like, I don't know what I just saw, but there was something here and now it's not there. And so we started checking the headstones to see if we could find anybody that matched the description of what I may have seen. And we found a headstone for a little girl who had died in the 1940s and she was 12 years old. And so that is what sparked our interest in, in ghosts. So that was like the greatest paranormal experience as far as like seeing a ghost. Um, I have seen crazy things outside of just like a human figure. Um, talking things falling over. We're talking doors opening themselves. Doors opening. Okay. So one night at the Velisca Axe murder house, um, we had, so up, it's a very small house. Um, the parents' bedroom is directly adjacent from the children's bedroom and the children's closet is known to have the kids hide in it. And then they'll open it up, look at you and they'll close it. And we took a video of just that closet door throughout the entire evening. That sucker opened and closed consecutively for probably three hours while we stood there, talked to it while we climbed inside the closet, while we were outside the closet, just opening by itself, closing by itself, opening by itself, closing by itself. Um, the door that would lead into the house, into the kitchen that would fly open and then slam itself shut and fly open and slam itself shut. Um, we actually, for our documentary, we actually reenacted the murders. So we had a good friend of ours is the tour guide there. And he had supposedly got a hold of the actual murder weapon, the actual axe used during the murder. That seems like it should definitely be like, in the hands of the police. 100% the police right. should have that. Right. I would agree. Uh, but apparently it's, if that is truly the act, which I don't think there's any way to truly confirm that, um, it's apparently still in the home where they <laughs> had left it. And they gave it um, to you to reenact the murder? 
Yes. This is gave it yeah. to I you? Mean, when you have – yeah. So, because like I said, one of our really close friends is the tour guide of the Velisca house. So, anytime yeah. anybody comes and stays, he's the guy that goes through, tells the history, and blah, blah, blah. Well, the owner of the house has, like, a museum with stuff from that town and that, and that era, and the axe was one of them. And so we're like, can we use that for the reenactment? And we got a hold of it. And so we had enough people to lay in all the beds, and we did it at roughly the time that the murder happened. And, and how uh, old were you when you did this? Oh, gosh, this was... 2011. So this. So I'm not very good at math. You're about 24 years old. So you knew your friends in the middle of the night. You're laying in these beds where people died and swinging an axe that was used to kill them at each other. And you guys are rolling around in the beds and screaming and yelling in the middle of the night. You pretty much nailed it on the head there. Yeah. Well, any ghost there might find that quite disrespectful, my friend. Quite disrespectful. Right. Right. And hindsight is 2020. Yeah. And we realized that it was a a pretty edgy thing to do. Quite edgy. A controversial thing to uh-huh. do. Yeah. Um especially when what happened happened. So we had our our buddy go in with the axe and sit in the attic cuz the legend has stated that the murderer had possibly sat and waited for the family to get home and go to bed while sitting in the attic. Um, and that's just because they found a chair and some cigarette butts in the attic that may have led to someone just hanging out in there. So once we all got, we came in the house, we laid in the beds, um, said our good nights to the kids as the parents and things like that. Then we proceeded to quote unquote fall asleep and he exited the attic and just took the, the blunt side of the ax and just like hit the floor next to the bed. Well, we didn't discuss screaming, but the reaction, it was just like all the energy was going and everyone was kind of into it. I was the first to quote unquote be hit by the ax and I let out like a scream, which then in turn caused the girl playing the wife to scream. And then everyone else is like, okay, well, I guess when I get hit, I'll scream too. What are you talking about? You talking about you swinging an axe around at each other, man? What are you? T- but it, it was like we're not swinging. Like it was just hitting the floor next Still, to the bed. Still, man, it's a weird behavior, man. <laughs> you know this weird behavior. But remember, this is all to try to get evidence for a documentary that we're filming. Okay, it was to try to try to get ghost or paranormal evidence. That's the only reason we did this. Yeah. I think you're right, it's bro. Try Home- to get parent- Homeschooling didn't make you weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I'm weird in a different way. <laughs> I'm kidding with you. I'm kidding with you. <laughs> no, it's okay because I fully embrace my weirdness because no. I think weirdness is awesome. Me too. <laughs> so what happens? Let's cut to the end of this one. So everybody's screaming, axe. What, what ultimately yep. happens? Yep. So we have – obviously we have cameras set all up throughout the house with night vision on. And the guy swinging the axe – Ends up blacking out in the middle of it. Never good. And doesn't remember any of it. Never good when the guy with the axe blacks out. (laughs) Never good. Exactly. I wonder exactly what's going on. Let's go ahead and hear from the sponsors who help me bring this show to you guys for free. 
For almost 20 years, Honest Tea has committed to being transparent and authentic through its organic and fair trade certified bottled teas and kids' juice drinks. They produce a refreshingly honest product, both with what's in their bottle and in their outlook, which is important for any company, okay? You can take a sip of the product, you taste the difference. And look, I'm joining Honesty in celebrating the lighthearted ways we're less than perfect through the hashtag Refreshingly Honest Project. What is hashtag Refreshingly Honest? Sharing our truth in exchange for that. Aha! Moment when we realize through a shared laugh, a like, or a sigh of relief, everyone else is just like us, perfectly imperfect, okay? You go, here's, you check them all out. Refreshingly honest, go to the hashtag. You'll see all sorts of people sharing the ways that they're not perfect, like me. It's funny, I, I take a step back and I, I look at this and I say, this is such a cool thing. I have to examine the ways that I'm not perfect. And there are many ways that I'm not perfect. Here's one just from this weekend. Okay, I work really hard and I'm proud of that. I have so much pride. I work hard, I work hard, I work hard. But is that always a good thing? Maybe not, okay? I go to hang out with my nephew out in Jersey City. My wife's brother had a baby, Walter, who's the best. He's my pal. I'm so psyched to hang out with this kid. Run around in a field. You know what I do instead? Lay down on the field for eight seconds. I'm sound asleep. Sleep through the whole thing. You gotta slow down in this life. You gotta slow down. You work hard, you gotta play hard. Save some time for play. Hashtag refreshingly honest. Are you refreshingly honest? Share the fun and funny ways you're less than perfect on social media by using the hashtag refreshingly honest. You want more honesty? Learn more by visiting honesttea.com slash podcast. Thanks again to all the advertisers who help us bring the show to the world. Now let's finish off this phone call. Never good when the guy with the ax blacks out. <laughs> Never good. Exactly. Exactly. Now, granted, we have no idea what he's doing, what he looks like, if, you know, because, I mean, it's black for us. But with all these infrared cameras set around the, the axe house, like, we can see his expression. And, and he's swinging the axe at the floor with this big, maniacal, evil grin on his face. Yeah. And he goes downstairs, and he kind of just, like, stands in the parlor before he goes into the last bedroom to kill the last two people. And he kind of comes to and kind of realizes, like, whoa, hold on a second. How did I get downstairs? Well, he kind of, like, brushes it off and adjusts his hat, picks up the axe, and walks into the other bedroom. And it was at that moment that we caught on audio a voice saying, do it, three times. It goes, do it, do it, do it. And... He stood there frozen in fear, drops the axe, and is like, all right, guys, I have to call this. Like, I'm not going to continue because someone just told me to kill the last two people in this room. Yeah, that's a good time to tap out and, on that one. Yeah. And that, that reenactment actually sent a grown man that was supposed to be standing in as one of the kids downstairs running and screaming and crying out of the house because he legitimately thought – that the guy swinging the axe had become possessed and then he was killing everybody. Wow. And he just took off and he just started running. Yeah. And uh, that's probably the craziest situation that I've ever put myself in deliberately. Um, Let me ask you something. Can I ask you I've, something? Because based on my experiences on the periphery of this word, working for the publication I did many years, the great Weird New Jersey magazine, great, great, mm-hmm. great magazine, some people believe in ghosts meaning in like a science sense like they believe there's like uh you know there's there's parapsychology there's there's science there's 
like unregulated stuff. Some people look at it as myths. My question being, where do you draw the line? Like I know some, I've met some people who are like, yeah, I think ghosts are real, but like Bigfoot, Jersey Devil, that's a myth. Then you meet some people that are like, no, that's definitely unreal. You meet some people that are like, the government has aliens. You meet some people who are like, watch out right. for the black eyed kids. So meet some people who are like, no, that's just, right. that's just a Reddit thing. You know, uh, where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. You, where do you draw the line? So I'm, I'm very open pretty much across the board. Um, Chupacabra? Obviously. Chupacabra. Real or not real? Chupacabra. Your gut instinct. I have faith that it could exist. Real. You're saying Chupacabra, real. Yeah. And I I truly 100% believe that Bigfoot's real, too. Yeah? You ever seen a Bigfoot? Or maybe even a skunk ape? I have. As it's known? You have. You've seen a Bigfoot. I have, yes. I have I've had a personal experience with one, yes. What's your personal experience with a Bigfoot? <laughs> Why are we spending so much time talking about homeschooling up top? I want to hear about Bigfoot. (laughs) Only got 17 Uh, minutes left. Oh, man. Frick, this is going fast. Okay. Talk faster, man. Economy of words, man. (laughs) Okay, let's do this. We are walking through uh, a set of woods, and we had gotten lost in these woods for three hours. We're Mm -hmm. trying to find Mm -hmm. our way back to the car. We end up coming to this trail that we'd walked on that had been flooded over. So we're trying to find a way around it. As my brother's trying to find a way to get over this water so we don't have to wade through it all, I'm looking across the trail to where a massive tree had kind of fallen across and, like, blocked the way. There's a highway probably two miles or so behind us, so I can see some light reflecting through the trees. And I see these red eyes looking at me. Big and. I'm like, I don't know what that is. It's not a deer. It's way too tall to be a deer. And as I'm thinking this, I see this hand put it, it puts its hand on the tree that's across, laying across the pathway, pushes it down and like leans forward towards me and just starts looking at me and my cousin and just holding this massive falling tree with one hand. And for some reason, I thought the best reaction would be to, to scream and yell, everybody, Bigfoot's across the way. Let's go get him. You yelled the phrase, so, Bigfoot's across the way, let's go get him? You said, hey, everybody, Bigfoot's across the way. Let's go get Bigfoot. Across the way, let's run and go get him. Let's get Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, let's go get Bigfoot. Let's run after Bigfoot. This, this creature that no one has official proof that exists. Yeah, let's get let's him. Let's run after this Bigfoot. So that obviously startles the said Bigfoot. He lets his hand off the tree. There was so much weight being pushed down in that tree, it like catapults back, and we jump down and start running across this trail, and that thing is gone. And we can hear it running through the trees, and it's taking really long strides, but that sucker is making ground fast. And so, and this is in night, Iowa. This is in brother, Iowa. This is in Iowa, yep. Because you want to hear some. Because the next night, my oh, you go for it, go for it. Okay. The next night, my brother and my friend go out there in waders and just like look for proof of this thing. My brother has a size thirteen shoe, pretty big foot. He finds this footprint in the mud that is very deep and is probably a size twenty four or twenty five shoe. So either we found Shaq running naked through the woods in Iowa, or there's some sort of a Bigfoot, skunk ape, Yeti, whatever you want to call it, 
running rampant through these these woods. Now, do you know what there is? There's a variant. Shoulders, all of it. There is a variant of Bigfoot native to northern New Jersey, way up north in Jersey. And one piece of information you found, you said, makes me very interested because you know what they call him up there, up in uh, I think it's Sussex County, New Jersey. What's that? The big red eye. They say, really? They say he's got the red eyes. You look up the big red eye. Yeah, absolutely. More proof to strengthen your kids. Yeah. Black-eyed kids. You believe it? Yes, because that uh, the girl that I saw had black eyes. I was going to say. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, there's this internet rumor that some people have, many people have reported these instances where their doorbell rings and there will be usually two children standing there and they kind of speak in these stilted staccato tones and don't make much sense and there's no adults and they kind of mumble about needing help and that they want you to invite them into their home, but that if you look, they have all black eyes, not just not just where the eyes are blue, mm-hmm. like black eyes, and that the, no one knows exactly what these creatures are, but there's reports from all over the world. Do not invite the black-eyed kids into your home. You, you're saying the black-eyed kids, also real. Little, I'm, I'm probably a little less apt to say that those are 100% real, but hard to say that I don't 100% disagree because of the fact that the girl I saw had black eyes. Fair. What's the craziest thing? So, our, what's the craziest thing our government's hiding from us that you believe to be real? You know, I don't, I'm not an alien believer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, but I am a conspiracy theorist. Okay. So in what sense? Um, well, I mean, I, I'm a believer that we were the ones who flew the planes into the trade center towers Okay. Um, okay. That we set up um, the Boston bombing, that we set up different shootings in schools um, to further different agendas and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I research pretty deeply the New World Order and Illuminati and all that other crazy stuff. I will say, um, when you bring up 9-11, the Boston bombings and school shootings, I think that is probably the line in the sand that many of our listeners just went, nah, not into this. <laughs> no longer into this guy. This is not as yep. charming as the Bigfoot story. I, there's probably, right. and I'm sure you get that in life. I'm sure you've been at the bar sometimes where you're like, and then I yelled, hey, we got to get across this creek to go get Bigfoot. Come on, everybody. And then when you're like, and also uh, Sandy Hook was staged. There's probably people who are like, hey, man, you have a good night, right? You get that a lot, I bet. Yep. That's a real dividing oh line goodness. right there. Real, yeah, a lot. But, yeah. you know, here's the thing, too. Like, although I have, like, a really open mind to so much of this stuff, like, I would never like force any of my ideas or beliefs on anybody because like not everybody wants to be as open or has a different idea about being open. Um, and I like to research there's things like school. I, I, I never liked school and what I've discovered outside of college and, and, you know, regular education is the things I do like to learn about the things I do like to research are the weird, are the unknown, are the rare, um, the things that make someone's eyebrows raise when you tell them that you might believe in that um, or you've had an experience with that. Um, You know, because another thing that surprises people is when I talk about this kind of stuff and then I swing it back around and I say that I'm a born-again Christian and that my faith in God is like my backbone. Well, I was going to ask... And a lot of people are... 
I was going to say the same thing because you had mentioned that you're homeschooling, you, that your family was very Christian. I've noticed you haven't cursed. I don't. I don't believe you've cursed one time through this. You said at the nope. very top of the call, you're like looking forward to see what God's plan for you is, and some of that stuff does round count, yeah. runs a little counterintuitive, I think, to you know yeah. uh, chasing yep. ghosts and demons around in a lot Absolutely. of people's minds. Yeah, and that, yeah, and I mean that's that's why I don't ghost hunt anymore. I haven't done any ghost hunting for the past four years. Um, I had a really gnarly experience with a really evil entity at the Velisca Axe murder house that I was like, I got to seriously rethink some things. It was, it was creating, um, really rough relationship with my parents and people around me. And, uh, I just, I prayed about it and, and the Lord was like, you need to like, let this go. And when I did like this black shadow, like came out of me and it was like whatever had been following me around whatever darkness was in me because of that was just gone so you've been possessed and by something I, to a certain degree yeah yeah absolutely and i mean it would only explain so many i mean like i said there were so many friendships and relationships that were just crumbling and you know i've always been so close to my parents and that was crumbling and after that everything just started to go up and uh and I truly believe it's because I was dabbling in things that I shouldn't have been um, because it is dangerous. And uh, if you go into these things thinking like, oh, if I just shine a flashlight, turn on the audio recorder, like nothing's going to happen to me. Yeah, it might not. But you're also, if you're really open to it, you're really opening yourself up to a whole slew of different possibilities. Yeah. So, um Weird question. You know, I have like, a weird ultra specific question. Yeah. I hate to interrupt, but we only got eight minutes left. I have an no, ultra specific question. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily as much of a believer as you are, I would say, but I do, mm -hmm. I, I love reading about conspiracy theories. In my background, I've, I have dealt with a lot of stuff. You're born again. Does it bum you out that, uh, that, because some of the Catholic conspiracy theories are the best ones, man. And you don't get to... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. But your faith, like, you don't... The Holy Grail, you don't care. The Merovingians, where they have the Holy Grail hidden in France, what does it really mean? Does right. your born-again faith right. mean that you have to view the Catholic mythology as mythology and you can't investigate those as fully? Weird question, right? No, I mean, I, I look at it as if if there's something that I can research that has the possibility of being concrete, I'm absolutely going to research that. Great. You know, um, I mean, there's, there's definitely things like if it's heavily demonic or satanic or anything like that. Um, obviously I'm weary of that. Um, but, um, I mean, I have nothing, you know, no reservations about saying no, you know, because of the Catholic mythology or, you know, whatever it is yeah. that I won't, you know, research that because, that then is refusing myself the possibility of more knowledge and more understanding about different things. And where and how you are know? you? Re where, so, when you say you research stuff, where are you? Do, where do you do your research? Um, it's literature. Um, obviously, the internet's a great source, um, but you have to be very careful about the sources you're going to. Um, you know, YouTube. I mean, there's all sorts of different things. Like, there's some faith-based. Um, prophecy pages that I, I follow, like on Facebook or YouTube, um, that provide scripturally based things about events that are taking place and, um, you know, things like that. 
it, it all what it all boils down to is being open minded about it to the point where you're pretty convinced that these things are going on, but you're still open to the idea that it may not be happening the way you think it might be happening. Right, right. Does that make sense? So people, if mass groups of people believe in something, even if you don't believe in the actual theology attached to it, you want to know what's causing Mm -hmm. that mass event, that mass um, hysteria in some cases, or mass perception. Right. Like, we're seeing a lot of these, these terrorist attacks of people driving vehicles into crowds of people. Like, it's easy to say it's being done by one demographic or by one religion or this or that. I look at it as, okay, why, why are they happening? And I just, I try to pick it up, pick it apart and look for connecting details of like, okay, so maybe it's connected to this government or maybe it's connected to this ideal or maybe it's connected to this agenda. And it's not just an attack to take innocent lives that don't deserve to go through something like that. So you, you, you think most of the attacks we hear about are actually coordinated by a New World Order, Illuminati-esque type of organization trying to create false flags in the press to trick us and occupy our attention? I do, yeah. I do. And who are these people that... Because um, you have a platform right now. Here on Beautiful Anonymous, who are the yeah, people you think you, yeah. that need to be exposed as part of this New World Order? Five minutes. Um... I believe that the president of the United States is not actually in power. He's simply a puppet, um, a voice. Um, someone's pulling the strings from behind. Uh, the Rothschilds are huge in this. They have banks that span the entire world. And you'll notice that when a country has a bank that is not a Rothschild bank, that if Roth, the Rothschilds can't move in and consume this bank and take over and take control of it, that that country then becomes an enemy of the United States. And we could soon see some sort of a, you know, um, a fight, a war, a battle. I do, I do feel um, honor bound to just interrupt it because I do read so much. I do feel like I want to just point out a lot of people have used the Rothschilds, who are a real banking family. Mm-hmm. A lot of that mythology has been mm-hmm. used for anti-Semitic purposes. And I just want to say, I want to jump in and say, I'm not down with that part of it. Yeah, no, that's that's perfectly cool. Because, I mean, there are so many different facets and so many different connections and so many different ways you could look at it. A lot of people think that Barack Obama was the Antichrist and that he was going to usher in the end of the world. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But there's there's no way for us outside of it if this is actually happening if this is actually occurring there's no way for us to 100 percent know like confirm that that's what's happening um you know it's just there's different things that are coordinated i mean you have the uh oh, the, the name's drawn a blank in my head right now but um bohemian grove oh yeah um i love reading about yep, that one bohemian grove that's in, yes, for, uh, the quick summation have, in California, there's an area, Bohemian Grove, and a lot of like uh, politicians, billionaires, conservative thinkers, they go there, they kind of party in the woods, and no one is quite sure exactly what decisions or policies are being set during these weird debaucherous yep. retreats amongst the yep. elite. It's like the conservative yep, one elite exactly. has a the conservative one percent elite has a, a secret playground in Calif- in the woods of California, Bohemian Grove. Yep. Shadow government. We got the shadow government. Yep. 
Yep. Just Google some of these things. Like, for the listeners, Google some of these things. By no means am I sitting here saying you have to believe in it, but tickle your fancy. Open your mind a little bit to the possibility. Do you, um, George Washington, was he really George Washington or no? Do you know that one? I think he was. Then again, I've not researched that to an extreme measure either. There's a theory that the Illuminati managed to replace George Washington with their own guy before he actually took power. That the person who served for our first eight years of president was an Illuminati uh, member. Read that one. See, I'm, and I'm unaware of that. I didn't know that. Oh, you're going to love that, dude. You're going to. So now I have new shit your pants. We're going to get off the phone in a minute, man. <laughs> you're going to Google this. You're going to shit your pants hard. Your head goes through the ceiling up above you. You're going to love that one. <laughs> Why is George Washington, George Washington? Well, that's, yeah, that's a good thing to to kind of end that, that part because that's, that's a great way for me to kind of carry on after this conversation with Real quick, expanding with my mind to craziness. As someone, there's a lot of skeptics out there. What are the things you don't believe? What are the things that you've researched that you just say, nah, can't be true? Because you've told us a lot of the ones you think are true. Um, I don't believe in aliens. That's one thing. Um. I do believe that we landed on the moon. Uh, I don't know why we don't go back, but uh, I believe in God. Um, and I believe that he came and he died and he rose for our, us and that we're forgiven because of the blood that he shed. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just my, my request to be just open-minded to the craziness of the world around us and to research things. Don't believe everything the news and the media says. Research it for yourself before you come to your own opinion and make a Facebook post about it. Because um, that'll help out a lot of things if we don't jump to conclusions based on what the media tells us. Yeah, 10 seconds, man. You think the media is fake news? So there you go. Wow, and that's, uh, there's our phone call. I don't know what to say about that one, man. Who was that guy, man? The only thing I can predict about the reactions to this phone call is they are totally unpredictable. I don't know what people are going to take away from that one. Can't wait to see the internet sink its teeth into this one. Interesting, dude. Very gnarly, a lot of gnarly situations. I love you use the word gnarly. Thank you for calling. Good. Thank you to Jared and Harry, Jared O'Connell, Harry Nelson in the booth, the wingmen as we get through this one. Thank you to the Reverend John DeLore and Greta Cohn who helped build this show. And Shell Shag, who does all our music. Shell Shag, really wonderful people. Great to see you the other night. Want to know more about me? When I'm up to chrisgeth.com. Find all my touring dates there. And if you like Beautiful Anonymous, rate, review, subscribe. Apple Podcast really does help the show. Thanks so much for listening. Maybe I'll talk to you next week. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For as little as $32 a week, get matched with your perfect therapist, each and everyone having at least a master's degree and over 3,000 hours of supervised work and start the path to a happier life. And to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this show, use the code BEAUTIFUL at Talkspace.com BEAUTIFUL. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, being different in a small town 
Not always easy. Grew up in town with less than 10,000 people, so it's like yeah. the thing to do is you drove around after everybody got their licenses, and there were like four stoplights in the town, and then a mm. big like square at one end. So you just drive up and down and turn around at the square until you saw your friends. Yeah. And then you'd like hang out in the parking lot most of the night. Yeah, based on the very few details of your life you've shared already, I would imagine that's an environment you probably want to move on from pretty quickly. I mean, I was I was pretty closeted, and um, there were like no gay people in my town. I mean, there were, but like uh, they all moved away. You know, it's yeah, like they they got the hell out of there before they came out. Yeah. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. James Bonding is back. I'm Matt Gorley. And I'm Matt Myra. We are officially back with weekly episodes of the James Bonding podcast exclusively on Earwolf. We'll be tackling all of the movies, official and unofficial, and a whole lot in between. That's right. You might want us to talk about James Bond Jr. Stop asking. We might. We won't. But we'll talk about a lot of other things. Why should you trust us? Because we're James Bond lovers, not experts. Subscribe now. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.